Shamai Kroso, welcome to the Welsh Historian Podcast. This week, we move on to the second of our series on Welsh rulers. Last week, we looked at the life and times of Cynedda, and this week, we jump forward a few hundred years to another king of Gwynedd, Rhodri Mawr, who lived from 820 to 878 AD. So with that brief introduction out of the way, let's begin. Rhodri ap Murdovin, better known to us as Rhodri Mawr, was a 9th century king of Gwynedd. His father, Mervyn Verich, had inherited the throne after the extinction of the male line of, the success- of succession from Cynedda. Mervyn is said to have come from Manau, a place which could either have been the Isle of Man or Manau Gadoddin, the original homeland of Cynedda. Rhodri assumed the throne on his father's death in 844 AD. Later genealogies then go on to claim that his grandmother or mother was Nestferch Cadeth of Powys. This was a convenient claim in 855 AD when Cunganap Cadeth, the reigning king of Powys, died. Rhodri now moved to annex Powys to Gwynedd and enlarged his territory at the expense of Cungan's legitimate heirs. Welsh law at this time forbade inheritance along the maternal line. However, there was little point in arguing with the finer points of law when the deed had already been done. Certainly, Rodri's possession of both Gwynedd and Powys would have made him a formidable opponent for any of Cungan's sons who decided to challenge him. Rodri would repeat this trick again one more time in 872 AD, using his marriage to Anharad Ferch Meirig to inherit the kingdom of Caradigion Astratui from her brother and his brother-in-law. Gugon ap Meirig. Gugon is recorded as having drowned crossing the river Llucar in conflict with Viking invaders. So by 872, Rhodri is in control of roughly two-thirds of Wales, the exceptions being Dyfed, Morganog and Brocainog, all in the south. Rhodri is in some sources referred to as King of Wales, a reference that for me is a bit of a stretch. He was also King of the Britons, a title usually applied to the most powerful ruler at different points in history. Rhodri is notable for his campaigns against the Vikings. Just over 10 years after he took the throne of Gwynedd, he is said to have won a battle against them and killed their leader Gorm. That success was noted by Sedalia Scotus, an Irish scholar, scholar at the court of Emperor Charles the Bald and in the Ulster Chronicle. John Davis even goes as far as to say that his victory in 856 AD against the Vikings won him international acclaim. Then in 872, just after reaching the height of his territorial power, he won two notable victories at unknown locations. Rodri is said to have died at the interestingly named Battle of Sunday on Ernest Mon in 873. But the Annales Cambrai record his death in two different years. The Battle of Sunday was likely Rodri's conflict with the Mercians led by Caelwulf, following their invasion into his lands. The certainty of his death in battle is increased by the victory of Anaurad, his son, at the Battle of Conwy over the Mercians in 881 AD, being described as God's vengeance for Rodri. Rodri's death in 878 AD left his four sons to split his kingdom between them. Anaurad became king of Gwynedd and the head of the House of Amafrau, whose legacy included Gruffydd ap Cynan, and Llewellyn ap Alwath. Cardeth, another son, was given Caradigion and then went on to kill his brother Mervyn and claimed Powys too. Cardeth's family was later known as the House of Dinavur 
when Hul Vah moved his court there after inheriting Dovet. His fourth son, Tudwal, was allegedly wounded in the Battle of Conry in 881 AD and having been made lame, was no longer eligible for inheritance. Rodri remains one of the only Welsh rulers to have the epithet great after his name. He was also an internationalist and several languages were spoken at his court, including Greek, Latin, Irish and of course Welsh. Rodri must be remembered as a king who constantly juggled the protection of his lands from the twin threats of the Vikings and the Mercians and did so successfully for roughly 30 years. John Gower writes in the story of Wales that until Rodri's day, Wales was completely unused to any sense of unity. So Rodri's legacy could almost be described as the very concept of Wales itself, or at least an idea that Wales could be more than what it had been. It's not to say that Rodri was the first man to ever imagine a united Wales, but he was possibly the first man to put his ideas into practice. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that short talk on Rodri. Thanks for the positive feedback from the previous week's episode. Um, I, I say a lot, but it is massively appreciated. What began for me as a lockdown hobby has grown into a Twitter page with over 4,000 followers, a blog, and now this. So thanks to all you guys for reading my tweets and blogs, engaging with me for helping the ski come right, and listening to my podcast. What is truly great, though, is to see the passion and enthusiasm there is for Welsh history out there. I know many of you felt that in school you were never taught enough of it, or any of it at all, and myself included in that. But it's encouraging to know that you are learning now, and there's still a huge appetite for it. Diolch yn fawr iawn. Hwyl.